I feel like, too, from the outside looking in, you could say, wow, these parents let their kids go to a maximum security prison and halfway across the world into a country where they had no contact. But it reminds me of the story in the Bible of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And sometimes the safest place to be is inside God's will. And when they were in that fire, obviously it was fire, but they weren't burned because God was there. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. And the Killing Fire, I have a special treat for everybody. And this special treat is sitting here with me on our back porch. And it is my wife and my two oldest kids. Welcome to the show. You're going to have to do that again. <laughs> Come on, I killed it. No. You did great. You did good, but everybody was laughing. I'll introduce it for you, but I don't want you Today to. Today on the Kindling Fire, we have some very special guests. Special, special, like, special. Hi, how's it going? I'm Avi Mangum. Today we're here with the Kindling Fire. I'm interviewing my oldest children and my wife. <laughs> you don't have a wife. I have my beautiful wife, Kathy. Hey. Miss Rain, I'm 21, and a little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> I am in school in Lakeland, Florida at Southeastern University. I'm studying or pursuing a bachelor's in organizational leadership with a minor in children's ministry. And Avi? Yeah, I just finished up my first semester at University of North Carolina of Wilmington, and I'm thinking about studying communications. So one of the reasons why I've been uh, thinking about having Rain and Avi on the show is they have been on some particular adventures that have been pretty wild in the last three years, across the last three years. Let's talk about kind of what happened. And uh, we'll do, Rain, we'll take you and kind of what happened after college. I'm sorry, what happened after uh, high school? And then Avi will kind of, you know, kind of go through your story a little bit after, after high school. I think for me, um, when I was a senior thinking about college, I just really didn't know how I would fit. Like, I didn't know if there was a major that would be good for me. I didn't really know what I was interested in. But the one thing I knew is that I loved ministry and I loved kids and I loved adventure and I really did, like, cherish my time on Kids Blaze. And I was thinking that I would like to do something like it again. So when I heard about YWAM, I just... It just kind of seemed like a good fit. I kind of had a piece about it, and I'm the kind of person when I decide something, I just go, like 100%. I just don't look back, and I just decide. Sometimes the Lord speaks to parents about their children. Uh, here's a story that Kathy shares uh, as we were in the middle of making decisions about is the Lord leading rain to YWAM? And I'll let her tell her story. Um, we were singing the song in church, and I just like, 
I felt like the Lord just put rain on my heart. I like, and I was like, okay, and this started praying for rain, and this song came on, and I was like, like, oh wow, this song is for rain from the Lord. Like, it's that come away with me. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be full of me and all this stuff. And that song was playing. And it's like, it's one of those just two. It was a rare moment. It was just like so powerful and strong, and I just couldn't stop praying for her and. Um, and that song was like blaring and um, so I just I knew it was for her and and I shared it with her later and then um, we took fast forward rain did go to YWAM and we took her to YWAM and we were Troy and I were back in by the base to visit some friends of ours that were there and um, we were going to meet them, but we were like, let's just drive up to the base one more time. We are going to take a picture of it or something, like the sign or something. And it's, we were driving up on the radio. The song Come Away was playing as we were sitting there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And also, I, after that time. was before that. Before that, before we were dropped off at Y when that song played again, when the Lord first originally laid it on me, my heart, I um, had a painting made for her. I, I had a friend who's an artist, and I was like, here's the song and something. She actually, before Rain ever even decided to go to YWAM, she was like, I just see these tropical flowers. And she did the words, and it was like a window was open. You could see flowers, and just is there water in the ocean, and just... And it was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. Cause it's like, it was amazing. When I got there, it was just kind of amazing to be around all these people who had done the same thing. They had left their everything, their family and their friends, and they were just kind of there cause they loved God. And it was really cool to be around all these people from all different countries and so many different ages. Like we had grandparents in our DTS, we had um, people fresh out of high school, fresh out of college, just all kinds of people from all walks of life. And it was just, um, I made some amazing friends and I really got to discover more of who God was and also the importance of the Bible. One thing I really liked about being with Youth with a Mission is they had a real um, love and drive for reading the Bible and doing, you know, just looking at the Bible before anything else. And I thought that was awesome. Um, and yeah, my outreach phase, I actually went to two countries. I was in the Dominican Republic for two months, and then I went to Cuba for a month. And you were one of the first teams to go into Cuba right after it opened up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what did mm -hmm. you think about Cuba? It was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. It was, there were so many old cars, and it was a beautiful country. I loved Cuba. Kind of like going back in time. Yeah, it was definitely like going back in time. And we actually got to see the whole island of Cuba. We were with a pastor in Cuba, and he um, had a, he was basically a missionary. He was a Cuban missionary to Cuba, so he had an awesome relationship with a bunch of pastors all over the island. So we got to see um, a lot of Cuba, and we went to a lot of different churches. So one of the things that I remember from that time is that we lost contact with you. Yes. So yeah, that, no, it's more like, I'm going to be in Cuba, we're not going to have Wi-Fi, and oh, our pastor, the pastor there is, gets arrested, or got arrested, but hey, I got to go. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the things that we had oh, confidence yeah. with as parents was that we knew the Lord had you mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. was going to watch over you. Well, my outreach was, just thinking back to it, it was actually awesome because the culture in the Dominican Republic and the culture in Cuba, they love the arts, which is something I also love. So in all the church services, they do like 10 songs, and then they do a dance, and then we do a dance, and then we do a drama, and then they do a drama, and then somebody would preach for a little bit. And so it was it was really awesome. And I love to dance, and I also like to do drama. And so I remember um, our team had a drama we did, and then I had a dance I would do. And I just remember someone many times watching these like little little girls go up there and do a dance solo and then I would be like oh good job and then I'd go up there and dance and I thought this is so cool that I just get to um, be doing what I love with other people and they're doing what they love and we all love Jesus and it was just it was really cool and I remember we did a lot of um, door-to-door evangelism so we'd go um, knock on people's doors and see what they were up to and see if they needed any prayer and there's so many kids running around always and I just remember any house visit um, the rest of my team would be talking to the adults and I'd be playing with the kids because that's where I felt best fit so I loved loved doing that and yeah but there were definitely times in outreach that were hard Um, you're with the same people for three months and I had an awesome team but there were times when you know, you just, you're with the same people every single day, and it, it was hard, and it was hard not having contact with my family, especially in Cuba, and I remember um, one time, we had a lot of bus rides in Cuba, because we were constantly traveling, and every two or three days, we would travel, and I was looking out the window, and I was like, man, this is, this is kind of hard, and I kind of want to go home, but I just <laughs> felt like God was really, like, no, you are you are here for a reason, and I put you here, and this is a lot bigger than just you. And one thing that um, Shannon Castile, one of my teachers at Youth with a Mission, she would always say, it's for you, but it's not just for you. And what she meant by that was things happen in your life, things happen in everyone's life, and you can use it as a story, you can use it as a testimony, and it's for you. God does things in your life, but it's also for other people. And I just remember feeling like, I was a part of, when I was in Cuba, and my whole time in YWAM, I was a part of such a bigger picture of this story that God was writing, and that I was just a small piece, and that, yes, the world was not all about me, and it was about so much more. And I remember thinking of my family and thinking of my mom, and and I remember she um, she just really loved YWAM, and I thought it was cool that she loved it and had known about it for all these years, and here I was doing it, and I just felt like it was kind of bringing full circle some things that she had wanted to do and that I was getting to do, and it was just a part of this cool story, and I just, I was yes. kind of humbled in that moment, like, okay, God, this is not, this is not about me or how I feel, but this is about me getting to be caught up in your story. I even got to see some of God's promises from what he told her, and even in my own life, uh, like, I I don't think I would have ever ended up going unless, you know, God had really put it in Rain's heart to go or anything like that. So it, it's really actually amazing to see, you actually feel like you. I'm seeing, like, God's promises be fulfilled in her own life, you know, and that might not be the end of it. So it's, it's No, awesome. I, I don't yeah. believe it is. Oh, it's not. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, so you pioneered. 
you went first. And, uh, and, and then out of that doorway, um, there, were, there were kids and, and, and other people that have now joined YWAM staff. There were girls that, that mom knew. There was, there was Avi and his friends and, and our church started. I mean, just next thing we know, there's like, it goes from one and nobody's heard about YWAM to like 10 or more people that have, or 13. Or, or so, there was a lot of people. Avi, my son, was considering going to YWAM. And during that time, I was at a retreat and I tell a story of something that happened there. Let me share one thing. So I was at a retreat in the spring of your senior year. And, and I had a time with the Lord and I was praying for all of our families. And the Lord spoke to, uh, spoke to me, Zechariah 9. And so I read through Zechariah 9. It was an incredible scripture. And in that, there was a, a, a phrase in there that says, I will rouse your sons. And the Lord just like, you know, like while I was praying, saying, the Lord was saying, I, God, am going to do this. So don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, cool. So you end up going to DTS. And we'll get into what happened. But months later, the Lord's like, I answered that prayer. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, look up the word rouse. And the word rouse means awaken. Yeah. This is a DTS I was part of. Yeah. And, and the Lord is like, I answered that prayer. I'm going to let you jump right into the conversation where Avi's describing some of what he experienced after he ended up going uh, during the lecture phase before he went on outreach. You know, a lot of people, you know, say they see God as like a, like a friend or like a, yeah. a father or anything like that. And I really... During that time, obviously, I feel like he, he's God. He is all of that in many different ways. You know, but he really fathered me through my own uh, journey. You know, um, yeah, just like speaking a new identity into me that I had almost forgotten or was even learning new things about yeah. myself, you know? Yeah. That's, so, what was the question again? I actually <laughs> no, you answered it. Yeah. Just that if the Lord showed you anything particular about from an identity standpoint, mm-hmm. yeah, you particularly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you didn't know. You mentioned that you went to South Africa, so that's where you went on outreach. Mm-hmm. So one of the situations I believe you were in in one of the ministries is that you were actually doing ministry with kids, I think, in like a gang. Zone. Yeah, so not just kids, but uh, we got to work with this ministry called The Bus, uh, and pretty much um, in this one township, which is in the in the flats outside of Cape Town, um, it's called Manenberg, and during the time, uh, there was a six-sided gang war going on, so uh, pretty much in this one township, uh, the gangs were just fighting with each other all day, shooting at each other, shooting civilians, just... You know, all that going on, but uh, twice a week, uh, this ministry called The Bus would drive this double-decker party bus uh, right into the middle of this road, and the bus would provide food, uh, there was games on the bus, and they just had a crew of people, which we got to work with, 
who would just um, go out of the bus and talk to people in the community. And, you know, we'd play soccer with the kids uh, right behind this gate, which had, you know, just a little place for us to play and stuff like that. And um, the gangsters, actually, they called us apostles. And apparently they had a respect for apostles. So usually uh, they wouldn't shoot and they would, would kind of lay low during that time. And it was actually the only time the community and the children and the mamas and, and all of them would actually come out of their homes because... You know, they knew that that was the one time a day that, you know, people, you could actually come out and, you know, not always have to worry. You know, so the bus really took on this, you know, it was really refuge for the community Yeah. during the time being. But that being said, there was also a lot of close encounters. Um, one day we weren't there, but there was some, it always, you know, there was gunfire, gunfiring going off during yeah. times. You know, there was some close calls. Even when we were there, there was times we had to... You know, be careful and stay close to the bus. So something in Manenberg, which, you know, even going into it, a lot, of, uh, especially because our team was mostly girls, and and we had a we had an awesome team, but you know, it was it was a dangerous place, and obviously we prayed a lot going before we even went. You know, like, is this the Lord? Do you think? Do you think it's okay for us to go, or is this just a bad idea or anything? You know, we all prayed about it, and we, you know, we did feel like, you know, the Lord wanted us there for a reason, you know, and, and you know, besides it being set up, like, we were supposed to be there. So, and, and you know, it's it's dangerous place, obviously, but in these dark places, we, I think we saw the Lord so faithful, and we saw the hand of God move, like, like crazy, and it was so amazing actually because you know in a place like that where most people are avoiding and no, a lot of people don't want to go into you know that became our favorite ministry like going there and being and playing with the kids there and just talking with people in the community and listening to them and praying with them and giving them food and like everything we did it was just incredible you know because it was, it's almost like God's, you know, His light, His love was shining in in a dark place. And most of what we saw on our outreach was that, you know, Him, His glory really shining in the darkest places like that. Wow. You know? So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you were in another dark place, <laughs> which was, and I don't know how you ended up. You got into a maximum security prison. Yeah. So, so how did that happen? Yeah, so we partnered uh, with this one ministry who works in one of the jails uh, right outside of this town called Musenberg, uh, which is which is actually uh, one of the YWAM bases we worked with was outside of Musenberg or was in Musenberg, and so we got to partner with them, and pretty much. Uh, at first, actually, um, well, the girls the girls went into the females' uh, remand prison, you know, and that was a little bit lower level. But the guys, we went um, with this one pastor uh, and one of our co co or hosts, uh, a guy named Lunga. Um, and they took us into the maximum security prison, and we, we kind of had a like a chapel with the cells whenever we would go in there. So in yeah, that was really cool. And at first our slips, they got denied or something. And then randomly, uh, one of the guys with the ministries was walking by the head of the actual jail and he signed off on it because the ministry had such a good reputation in the jail. And that and that was a miracle in and of itself. That was super awesome. 
But, um, yeah, one of the days we got to go in, uh, and it was a cell with about, I'd say, 40, 40 guys, 50 guys. And, you know, we're <laughs> it's obviously a little scary going into those places. And, you know, a lot of them do speak English, but it's, it's just tough. Close friends named Jacob, who was on the outreach with me, um, he gave his testimony that day. And um, in South Africa, a really big thing is that a lot of these guys uh, who grow up in these townships and grow up in Cape Town and Cape Flats and stuff, um, there's just so much gang violence going on, and a lot of them are absent of fathers and, and positive role models to look up to. So many of them do end up joining the gangs, and, you know, finding that you know, meaning and that purpose and that sense of family community with these gangs and, and you know it gets them into a whole world of trouble which lead them to where they are some yeah. of them you know listen to a lot of them that's what it sounded like and my friend Jacob uh, he gave his testimony that day and he um, he also grew up without a father and you know he spoke a lot of you know what it was like to do that and you know almost learn how to be a man with that and you know he might have gone down the wrong path but the Lord you know he talked about the Lord's hand on his life and bringing them right back like a father figure. So he gave his testimony that day, and uh, we got to have a little, share some other things with the guys, and actually uh, the whole whole 50, all 50 guys in the cell got saved that day. So it was, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, and after that we even, you know, just got to love on them and like pray with each and every single one of them, hug them, you know, and not like treat them like prisoners, but like our brothers in Christ, you know. You know, and just really, like, like that love of God that was awakened in us almost or was, is that we just carry, you know, just the Lord, it was just there, you know. <laughs> like, he's with you, and he was there in that cell, and it was incredible. You know, and he touched those people in that cell, so. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, that was incredible. So if um, if you guys were um, to, for the listeners that are listening that might consider, well, you know, their kids possibly doing this, what would you say to those, those parents? YWAM is not the gateway to living for Jesus at all. Okay. I would say that. You know, it, it provides a place f to be around community that is going to support you to grow and spend time with the Lord, and obviously, but that is not, it's not the way, I would say, I think. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And that's something uh, in my own journey that I learned a lot, because the, the times I grew the most in my relationship with the Lord was my own personal time with Him, you know? And it continues to be like that in my life at UNCW and outside of, of YWAM. I see that in my parents' lives and, yeah. and other people. You know, it, it's, it's about knowing the Lord okay. yourself. You know, you seek Him and, yeah. you know, He's going to seek you. That's the so, same with my, yeah. in my story. Yeah, definitely. It's when yes. that time came where I was like, okay, God, I want to know you. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to meet you. And I thought for a while that people who wrote the Bible were crazy. And <laughs> I was like, but I'm going to read it. And he made himself known to me. And it's, mm -hmm. been, it's always been in those times where it's been the most powerful and meaningful, for sure. Yeah. 
but yeah. And that, you know, and you asking him that too, and I, I felt like that, you know, for our kids, it wasn't that, that's not the reasons why they went mm -hmm. for us. You know what I mean? Like, like with Avi sharing that story, I knew it would awaken in him, but it wasn't um, that, oh, he has to go. He has to go somewhere where it's going to, yeah. out of a fear, out of a, a, a this or that. It was more of, I mean, I think the Lord was leading the way too, yeah. obviously, with how everything worked out. And, and uh, so it's really good you said that for parents to hear because yeah. I think sometimes parents are out there and, you know, we're just trying to do our best and you know you want your kids on the right path and you think you push them here and there but also remember that um you can trust god with them like mm -hmm. for for me as a parent you know with all of you it's the same mm -hmm. thing as you're walking through different seasons of your lives and everything um i think you know i've through the different seasons of my life can learn that for you guys mm -hmm. too it was if I hadn't experienced some of the things and some of the painful things and some of a lot of things I didn't think I deserved or wanted to or whatever or this and that or thought it was going to be, but it's God makes all things beautiful. And it just it taught me a, a grace and a compassion for people and um, even for, for my own family, even my own kids as, as you walk in places. And that mm -hmm. we have to sometimes walk through and experience things that, um, for whatever reason we do, but we can trust God with, with things, you know, mm -hmm. with your lives. Mm -hmm. I feel like, too, from the outside looking in, you could say, wow, these parents let their kids go to a maximum security prison and halfway across the world into a country where they had no contact. But it, it reminds me of the story in the Bible of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And sometimes the safest place to be is inside God's will. And when they were in that fire, yeah. obviously it was fire, but they weren't burned because God was there. And I think... Um, for, it's just a good reminder for everyone that if God is in it, then you are maybe not in the safest place from the outside looking in, but you are going to be all right. And God is going to mm -hmm. write his story and he's going to make way. Yeah. And um, the hardest part is trusting him. The hardest yeah. part is letting go. But it's almost like the cliche, like, let go and let God. It's really... Like I know in my own life, it's when I let go that I see God most work um, in my life and in other people's lives. And I, and I want to piggyback on that to say that, you know, sometimes we, people go, you know, sometimes too in the midst of being in God's will and stuff, you know, stuff can happen. It's not always easy. It's yeah. not always pretty. And it's not always these things. Um, like, I mean, I share a little bit even with rain and, and, you know, I hinted to it and different things, but where it was hard, but, but it was still a, a peace there or, you know, a tr a, the trust there and stuff mm -hmm. that, but not everything was just like 100% great as we all humans want it to mm -hmm. look in our eyes, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's true even other stories in the Bible, yeah. like when Paul talks about how it's like in our own weakness that we're made strong. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just true. Yeah. Sometimes you got to come to your yeah. weakest point yeah. to realize I couldn't have done this yeah. without God. And I think when I look back on YWAM, that is definitely 
um, when I think about outreach, and I just could not have done it without God. There were times when I was really at my weakest, but it was because um, He, but it, it allowed Him to make me strong, and I realized, so yeah, I need God. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah, for me, not even, yes, I need Him, but I was made to be in relationship with Him. That is one of the biggest things I personally took away from it that is wow. in my everyday walk is that I was made for that relationship. I think I'll let Avi just end with that mic drop. Just as an encouragement to you parents, you know, our kids are made for that relationship as much as you are made for that relationship. But the process for them to discover that uh, requires patience as a parent. So definitely walk with the Lord, try to listen for the Lord. And, and, and my encouragement, as has been to other parents, is just, uh, you know, do not be weary in well-doing. Continue, endure. The Lord will see it all through. So God bless. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you've been encouraged and inspired by the show and you would like to know what else we've got going on, go to thekindlingfire.com. There you can join the Fire Starters, which is a Facebook Messenger community I let know first anytime I do anything. You can also get a book there called You Can Certainly Do It that I've written to really encourage you to take your first steps to really start the small fire that God's starting in your life. Uh, In addition to that, you can sign up for the seven-day Bible devotional, Become a Sign and Wonder. And as always, be awesome.